0: The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coghill Golf and Country Club, who we are happy and proud to partner with once again this year. Coghill features 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. They have a completely renovated practice area and driving range. It's essentially an academy that you can go and spend not only the day improving your game, but at night they've got lights now and two bars as well as a food truck to spend some quality time with some friends and family. They've been doing it this way since 1927, folks. Go out to CogHillGolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. Let's face it, when you go out and play golf, you probably don't eat and drink very well. Well, a couple hot dogs, a few beers, yeah, we get it. Sharp Focus Nutrition replaces all of that with a systematic way to not only stay replenished throughout your round, but to also improve your game in doing so. Go out to sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn about their system. Let them know that we sent you. Pick up a system right now, sharpfocusnutrition.com. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more.
1: Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I am your host for the day again, Nikki Dunnigan. If you missed last week's episode, we are celebrating Women's History Month with each episode in March. Um, We had a wonderful woman guest last week, and that is no exception again this week. Um, We've got some really great women here this month who will be sharing really inspirational stories. Um, And before we get to our amazing guest today, I actually have one announcement that we're really excited about. Um, Golf Unfiltered has actually been shortlisted for Best Golf Podcast at the Sports Podcast Awards. Um, Congratulations. so, oh, well, thank you very much. Um, there's, uh, some really, really great other podcasts who are on the shortlist too. I'm um, really big names in that category. So we're, we're really, we're extremely proud, um, and honored to be on the short list. So if you, if you like listening to us, uh, and would like to see us win, um, you can actually vote for us from now through April 6th. Um, we have a link in our Instagram page. Uh, I know we've also tweeted the link out. Um, we'll be sharing it on our Instagram stories as well. Um, we'll be posting it, um, around every so often. So, um, you can vote for us. Like I said, from now until April 6th, uh, you do have to create an account to actually vote, um, which is kind of the only downside. Um, but if you, if you do cr- Create an account and vote for us. Um, if you take a screenshot of that vote, um, the first five people to take a screenshot and like show that you have voted for us and email that to Adam at golfunfiltered.com, um, we will send you a Golf Unfiltered hat. So mm-hmm. just as a thank you for voting for us. So we really appreciate that. Um, I have not told Adam that we're going to do that. So that's going to be a big fun surprise <laughs> when he listens to this. Um, but yeah, we will do that for you. Um so uh back to today's episode um I want to introduce you to today's guest. Um she has an incredibly impressive story getting into golf. Um a wife, a mother to three started playing golf in October of 2020 as something to do in the pandemic and if you look at her Instagram page you would never guess that that is when she actually started playing <laughs> golf. Um she played in her first long drive competition in 2021 only a year later and won placed first in her first competition um the norcal long drive champ um now a partner with pxg participating in celebrity golf competitions as a golf influencer um we're we're so lucky and thankful to have you here with us today miss jessica maceda how are you today thank you so much for being here
2: Thank you for having me, and I'm doing great. Uh, I'm here in Puerto Rico, so I've left California oh, for a little bit, so I'm escaping all of that crazy weather that everyone's experiencing, and so I, I feel guilty, but I'm doing really good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just left um, the the players, and we got hit with uh, on Friday that that rainstorm that came through with the big rain delay. Um, yeah. Those are those were some whopping raindrops that hit. Oh, so gosh, yeah. yeah, I am a little bit jealous of, um, <laughs> of that weather and um, your, your lovely tan as well. I and, know yeah. I'm
2: feeling good. I thought it was burned, but I think it turned <laughs> brown. So I'm doing good.
1: Um, well, well, I definitely want to get into, um, your, your story because it is, um, like I said, extremely impressive. Um, and you know, when we had this idea to focus on, you know, highlighting women's stories for Women's History Month and women in golf. Your story was really like exactly the kind of unique experience that I was hoping to highlight because I know that it will inspire other women out there, yeah. um, and particularly minority women out there as well, because yeah. we don't we see even less of those in golf right. um, to pick up the game. So I really want to dig into this story a little bit, and it's it's so fascinating to me that you had really no prior experience in golf prior to the pandemic Um, and like I mentioned before I've seen your golf swing on Instagram and it blows my mind that you like had, didn't pick up a golf club till before 2020. Is that right? Right.
2: Yeah, correct. Yeah. I, I was a basketball player. I played basketball in college. Um, and so that was my life growing up. It was always basketball and I just never golf was never in my mind. Like it just never seemed like something that was for someone like me. Uh, it was, you know, like my, it just I saw golf courses and they just looked like a foreign land, you know? So yeah. uh, it was a surprise to me that I liked it so much. And I, th- I think it was a surprise to my husband as well, because when he thought he was going to join this club, he thought that <laughs> he was going to be the one like escaping and going to the house and kind of just going and doing his thing. And I was like, no, I want to do that, too. I want to be out there. And so um, I'm very competitive. And so I think a lot of the drive and like getting good at this was to be able to compete with him, which, you know, I, it's, it's weird to like want to compete against your husband, but I I had been missing out on that part of my life for a really long time. You know, being a mom, I just didn't realize how much I missed having something to compete in and basketball is hard to kind of do that. As you get older, uh, the -hmm. injuries, the risk of, you know, that kind of stuff. And the last time I played actually an open gym with my husband, he told me he would never do it again because (laughs) (laughs) I ended up um, cursing out my brother in front of like all these guys. And I don't think he realized he was my brother. They realized he was my brother. But he took me out like I had burns on my leg and I just got up and I was was very mad and I cursed him out my husband was like, never again. We're never playing again. So yeah, uh golf was is definitely a great outlet for me.
1: That's so funny that I, I actually see that so much in, you know, my my son's definitely younger than than your kids. I know your your three kids are older. They're teenage the 14, right? 12 and eight. Okay, yeah, much older than my my son is only three. (laughs) Um, but we're just now starting to dabble in that. You know, he's got like the Fisher Price golf set, and he's got the Fisher Price bat and ball, and the little soccer goal. So we're dabbling in like all the sports right now. You know, obviously we want him to play golf, but we want him to do all the things. But I see so much of my own competitive spirit, and my husband's the exact same way. You know, my husband is, is an only child, and he's very very competitive too. And I see so much of that in my son and very much, I was very much the, like, if I'm not immediately good at this sport, I don't want to play it anymore. And, uh, I see that in my son, you know, (laughs) literally two days, two or three days ago, we were out in the yard and he does well with the tee with the baseball, but we were trying (laughs) to like throw it to him and he's swinging and he goes this is impossible. And he throws <laughs> down. It's just so funny hearing him like a little three-year-old say that. And I just am like, well, he got that from me. Yeah. Um, but it, I have one
2: of those. Yeah. We <laughs> actually, my 14 year old, we cut him from golf. We, we were just like, you are not improving. You are not doing this. You know, I think he kept on with it because it was easy because the coaches didn't really get into him. But since then he's picked up fencing and he's actually really good at that. So it's something that he started out being good at, and he's been that way since. You know, he was like your son. Like, if right. he wasn't immediately good at something, he just was so frustrated he would just want to quit. So, well,
1: you know. and that's what that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today because I know you know with with this story, you mentioned that you picked up golf because it was a sport that in the pandemic it was one of the only ones that that you could do, and because. Yeah. Like your kids' activities have been shut down and like mm-hmm. it was something that ultimately your husband wanted to do, but it was ultimately something your kids could do too. Yeah. And you know, when when did it shift for you into being something that like, hey, I think I'm actually good at this, but then ultimately, how do you like you just mentioned for for your son, you realize that like, okay, this is something we're not gonna keep pushing for him. Right. As your kids get into the like a sport, whether it's golf or whatever, mm-hmm. how do you As a, as a mom, as a parent, how do you toe the line of making sure that like, like pushing them, but yeah, you don't, you don't make them a quitter. Like you make Mm -hmm. sure that like, okay, you're going to see this through. You wanted to play basketball. You're going to play basketball yeah, and not pushing them to like, okay, well I played golf. So you're going to play golf, you know, like you're going to be really good at it. Like, how do you toe that line?
2: So for me, it's like the example that I had was, I did have a mom who forced me to play basketball. Mm. I cried on the way to practice. Like I grew up in Inglewood, then we moved to Orange County and then she would make me go to Compton and go play with older girls. And my uncle coached. And so it was very intimidating for me because these girls were like three, four years older than me. And I had to go out there and play and get better. And a part of me resented her for that just because it was like it was never my choice. But a a bigger part of me was like, well, this has been so beneficial to my life that I've learned so many things, learning to work with others and just getting my athleticism out. So I kind of take that into my kids and to the point where it's like, I know that they need to do something like they are they've been given this mm-hmm. body, you know, and they need to use it. And with my son, it's just we put in years, you know, of trying to let him golf and it just he was not getting better. And so we basically said, like how you mentioned, like, you're going to do something like we we, we just. Like- ran the gambit of sports. We put him in rowing. They were like, he, the coaches were like, he's good at rowing. You could get into a good school rowing. And so he refused. He was like, I am not doing that. And we just told him, then you find something, you find something. And then once you choose it, you're sticking with it. And so
1: mm-hmm.
2: we not feel guilty. We don't feel guilty making him uh, offense fence because it was his choice. He found it. And now we're just making him accountable to being consistent and staying with something. Um, With my daughter, my middle child, she's good at golf. She's 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 my little athlete. She she uh, she's she could actually be good at anything that she wants. But um, right now, I think golf is for her. If she chooses something else, like we will support her in that. But for now, she hasn't. And golf seems to be it. And you know, I have compassion when she's frustrated, but at the same time, you know, no one gets good by just like having a good time all the time. Like it's hard. Right. It's a struggle. So,
1: well, yeah. And how do you, tow, how do you, how do you tow that line too for, and cause like I said, my, my, my son's so young that like we yeah. haven't even remotely you know reached this place, but I'm also at the point where like, you know, he, he is three, but then I watch these kids at like the drive chip and putt and I'm like, yeah okay, the, they're only six. You're, you're behind. You got to get going. Yeah. You got to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the competitor like, in you. Exactly. That's long, you know, like, you know, we've, we've gone to the masters so much that I'm like, this may be your only ticket to ever play Augusta. You've got to start swinging that <laughs> club kid. Um, but, but like, how do you toe the line of like making them want, because, because like you said, you, you were pushed and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was, I was, pushed in certain sports too. And I, you know, I don't ever want to be that way. And I coached us, you know, sports for a long time too. And yeah. I saw a lot of kids that were pushed and that yeah. burned out really easy, like really quickly that could have been so great that yeah. burned out really quickly. And I don't ever want to do that to my kid, but how do you push the importance of, like you just said, of practice, but yeah. also making sure that they're having fun, you know? Yeah. And I, i cause I've talked to friends of mine who played college golf who were so good, but they were just like, I hated practicing. Mm -hmm. I got burned out on practicing and I didn't want to do it anymore. And so they, they, they stopped, you know, they could have gone pro. They were so good, but they stopped because they hated practicing. So how do you, how do you balance that as a parent? I think you kind of almost answered it,
2: you know, like with your friends and the example of people who start so young, like that is a common thing of them burning out, you know, later on. So just because you're good at three or you're good at six doesn't mean that you're going to want to be doing this for the rest of your life. And I think that finding someone else To teach your kids is probably the best thing you can do because you as a parent are like giving them so much direction, like don't do this, don't do that. And then to add another thing on top of that, that you want them to have longevity in, it's It's almost like an impossible task. Like it takes a certain type of personality and a certain type of parenting style in order for that to be successful. And I just know inside of myself, I don't necessarily have that because with my competitive spirit, I may get into my kids, you know, too much Mm -hmm. and put that on them. So finding the right people to work with your kids, I just think that's probably the most. Uh, beneficial thing you could do for them. Because a lot of these coaches know how to get, you know, um, know how to make these kids be productive and to enjoy what they're doing. Because as a parent, sometimes you're like, push them harder, push them harder. And they're like, no, they're young. Let's just make this a game and, you know, enjoy this. So I think that's probably like, you have to step away as a parent and let someone else kind of, you know, take that on.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Like, Justin Thomas and his dad are like the exception not the rule mm-hmm. like yeah, exactly yeah, yeah you don't you don't actually see that a yeah, lot yeah my mom tried and we fought all the time
2: i'm like you can't <laughs> even shoot a basketball how are you telling me what to do you look crazy
1: so yeah. yeah that's a good point i mean true how many how many times do you see the the dads at like the baseball game or the even you know the moms at the baseball games too yeah. the ones that are yelling so loudly and getting in so many fights and yeah, that you see that way more often than the parents who are more calm and have their stuff together. And yeah. yeah, And those kids are miserable, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) Um, Well, I I do want to get into, um, I want to talk a little bit about, so we kind of talked about how you like picked it stuff up in the pandemic, but how did you go from like, okay, I want to start playing golf and you kind of got into things in the pandemic and then all of a sudden you're competing in like a long drive competition and winning? Like how how does it go from from there in a year?
2: So... It's funny because Instagram is an interesting place and people will reach out to you. And I'm pretty responsive. And so I'll entertain, you know, messages that I get. And I got a message from Kevin Muldrone. He runs uh, NorCal Long Drive. And so he reached out Mm -hmm. and I don't think he had a lot of women. And he just, I guess, you know, was sending out a bunch of feelers and asked me if I wanted to do this. And I was only going to do it if my friend did it. Um, her name is <laughs> Caitlin and it's my husband's friend from high school. It's his his wife. Um, so she golfed with me and we just had a good time because she golfed in high school and she had just picked it back up because she had a baby, so she has two now, but I was like, do you want to do this thing with me? Let's go do it. And she was down. And I mean, the first event, it was kind of, you know, it's a little bit, you know, he was just getting started. It was a little hokey. It was out in Davis in like a field, not even like there wasn't much grass. No, there wasn't any grass. I'm not even going to lie. There's no grass. (laughs) Like we were competing against each other the first competition, the first time. And she, you know, we both drove the ball about the same. And so, um, there weren't any other females, uh, that were there doing it. Um, but we were both so nervous and so intimidated because it was all these big men out there swinging the club, hitting the ball so far that, um, I remember looking over at Caitlin, I went first and then she went and she was trying to put her ball on the tee and her hand was shaking. Like Uh she couldn't put it on the tee. Um, and, you know, that time I out drove her and I think our drives were like something like mine was like 298 and hers was like 280, 290. I don't know. I can't remember hers exactly. Um, but you know, uh, we just kept going back every month they held the event and then more women were there. And, um, I ended up being the champion of the league, but I wasn't, the champion of the final, like the final, like of the tournament, I guess. Mm -hmm. And Caitlin actually ended up winning that. And then we got an invite to, um, amateur long drive, Mm -hmm. uh, nationals, I guess. And that was in Myrtle beach. So we went there. Uh, I did not, you know, perform very well. Um, she did well. She got in third place. I think there were seven women. So she came in third and one of the other women who was in our league, she had jumped in, later but she was young and a college golfer and she was amazing savannah she hit the ball like i think around 300 yards wow. and yeah she was i mean so she ended actually ended up actually winning that event first place so it was kind of us three women from california all from norcal long drive that competed in that event and then i think four other women and uh it just was an adventure you know it was just something that it was great to be able to do i mean never would i have thought like in my late 30s that i would pick up something and then be competing but um i just i just have been open to opportunities and not kind of shutting things down because i had given i have given so much of my life to my family Mm -hmm. and just you know always doing things for them that When the opportunity arose, I was ready to do this for myself. And, you know, I think, you know, that's, that's kind of been what has pushed this thing forward is just kind of being open to the opportunities that have come my way.
0: Golf Unfiltered is proud to partner once again with Mizuno Golf for 2023. Mizuno Golf is offering their new JPX 923 irons. And if you haven't heard about these yet, go out to our YouTube channel and see a full fitting that I do with Mizuno at Coghill Golf and Country Club. These irons are spectacular. They've got three medals, five different options of irons spanning the player's spectrum. So you are for sure going to find something great for your game. Go out to MizunoUSA.com today to learn more.
1: And prioritizing yourself.
2: Too. Exactly. Yeah. And there's some guilt to that, you know, being like feeling selfish, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing these things and it's taking me away from my family. But I also am like I have given a lot of time and a lot of energy and I still am, you know, but it's just a little bit different than it was before. I'm prioritizing myself, like you said.
1: But I think the I think the guilt probably the the guilt comes from the way that society is set up Mm -hmm. and the guilt comes from, you know, uh, the, the, I mean, I hate to say, but if you were, if you were a white man, you would not have that guilt, you know, like, and it would, it was, it's totally different being in, being a woman, being a mom, being a wife. Mm -hmm. And it's the way that society is, is set up. It's, it's set up, you know, for us to feel that guilt differently, you know, and, um, yeah. I mean, I know I felt guilt for just, you know, taking time to, Hey, I'm going to go get my nails done this morning. And then mm-hmm. I'm sitting there in the chair and it's like, I could be at home doing with my kid. I could be at home like unloading the dishwasher and it's like, right. Hey, but I desperately wanted to just have 20 minutes to myself. And so, yeah, I I've been there. And so I, I, I feel that on a completely different level. I mean, I than going and playing in a golf tournament, <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I I can feel that and sympathize with that for sure.
2: Yeah. It's just I mean, um, it's go ahead.
1: Oh, I I was going to say there was a comment that you made um I know you recently did some stuff with golf pass at the Jim Thorpe Invitational. Um mm-hmm. and which by the way is also incredible. Um mm-hmm. and i um you you made a quote that actually really really resonated with me um you you mentioned you said you don't have to be because you were t- talking about how, how like that it was um incredible to be there and that you were just like you know, the way that you were invited and all these things and you had said um you don't have to be a great golfer for people to recognize you as being valuable um yeah. and I purposely pulled that quote out because it it really resonated with me because I know I've talked about on this podcast before how um, as someone who loves this game and studies it and covers it, goes to events and covers it and talks about it all the time. um, But when it actually comes to like my actual skill set on the course, I'm, -hmm. you know, I've mentioned this before. I stink. You know, I'm, (laughs) I'm not very good when it comes to actually playing golf. Yeah. Um, And, and I think that surprises people because of how much I do cover the game. Yeah. Um, and there's this, I think this, there's this expectation that people have that everyone who covers golf should also be good at it um, yeah. or, or that everyone who covers golf should want to like go and play 18 after like covering a tournament or something. And that's not, that's just not true. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's the like, would you expect Aaron Andrews to want to go and like make a tackle or suit up after covering a Monday night football game or something? It's right. It's, it's very, obviously I know the sports are very different, but it's, it seems like the kind of like a double standard there, you know? And yeah. like, so, so I, I just really loved that comment that, you know, you, you don't have to be this amazing, incredible golfer, um, which you actually are you have this amazing swing, you have this you know amazing you. Set. um and but you don't have to be to still have value and for your for your opinions and your thoughts to still have value um yeah. and so i I really that comment just kind of really resonated with me um yeah, mentioned at that tournament
2: I think it's like my record, like recognizing that was the fact that I've had quite a few men tell me that i've inspire them to work harder and, you know, be out there practicing more. And I never thought that I'd be inspiring anyone, let alone men, you know, to get better at their game. So, you know, I just think a lot of, sometimes I complain about like all the tips and the negativity that I get, but honestly, so many of the men that follow me are so positive and so uplifting and have like really built me up and have given me confidence and have made me realize like, oh, well, I guess I am inspiring people. And I guess that I do bring something, you know, to the sport because most of us who are playing it are not professionals. And most Mm -hmm. of us who are out there on all these courses that are you know, out there, we're, we're just trying to have a good time. We're just trying to let off some steam. We're trying to enjoy an occasion with friends, you know, it's, it's, it's a party, you know, it Mm -hmm. can be a party, you it's a social event. And I think that if a lot of amateur golfers looked at it that way, you know, not to say that you can't compete, it's a great way to connect with people and friends. And, you know, a lot of people say that's where a lot of business happens. Like the golf Mm -hmm. course can be whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I like about it. Like if I want to go out on my own and just really be, I guess, introspective and just, it's like meditative, Mm-hmm. um, to be out there. And if I want to be with my friends and just goof off and have a good time, then I can do that. And there's no obligation for me. Like I'm not going on tour. So why does it have to be something that's, that causes me this stress, you know, and, and anger and anxiety. And I think that's what other people kind of relate to is that it's, it's whatever you want it to be. And mm-hmm. I, I, I just, you know, I don't, i never ex- expected it, but I-, I can see how some people would be like, yeah, you've inspired me. And men saying that they've shown my page, showed my page to their daughters, trying to entice them into the sport. And I think that's really, you know, fun and kind of uh, amazing that I can be that sort of example for, you know, a father trying to connect with their daughter.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a great point too, that I wanted to bring up, you know, there's all this conversation around, you know, the, the big like key phrase lately has been like, Oh, grow the game, grow the game. And like, I think for, at least for me, my opinion on that is the, the way you grow the game is I would rather watch someone like you who said, okay, how do like, I'll, I'll pick up some golf. Yeah. Who picked up a golf club in 2020, competed in their first competition in 2021, and is now like, you know, taking off from there, um, and like just learned, just picked up a club and learned golf, and like grow is growing the game that way, organically, rather than like to me that is is more of the meaning of growing the game, yeah, than, than watching like. John Rom or Scotty Scheffler win another tournament for three point four million dollars or something, you know. Right. And, and could they both be argued as growing the game? Yes, sure. Yeah. Because there are kids who are probably there are kids who recognize those names. There are kids who go to those tournaments and and to see those players and all the above. But to me, like, like truly, you are growing the game because you picked up a club, you went and played and like you brought friends in with you. You're a bringing, like you, like you just said, there are people who are now watching your Instagram, connecting their, like with their fathers, with their daughters who are expanding that out. That is a more organic, you know, word of mouth type growth than just yeah. a kid watching Scotty Scheffler on TV. Yeah. It, to me, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I think it's also because like people get to see me struggle like you. You know, I, I, you can see a professional struggle, but it's mm-hmm. nothing like the struggle of an amateur. You know, mm-hmm. like so it's people can see, oh, shoot, like she's struggling and she's still doing this. Like, I can still do that. Like, it's relatable. It's very hard to relate to someone who is at the top of, you know, their game. Exactly. So, it's
1: reality. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. a kid watching Scotty Scheffler on TV who then goes home and tries to make that same shot on their golf course, that's not going to translate the same way as somebody who's like, Oh, okay. She picked up a club during the pandemic and then learned. you know, it took her a year to do this. That, that may translate a little bit better. You know, them watching your swing and watching your struggles and watching you, you know, learn how to figure out things. That's going to translate a little more organically and then a little more realistically to what they may actually be experiencing.
2: Right and it's it's an attainable progression because yes. you know sometimes followers will tell me, oh look at Nellie Corda and I'm like, I'll look at Nell I can look at her for hours and <laughs> hours and I am never gonna swing like that woman in the time period that you expect me to so mm-hmm. I used Instagram to watch so many other you know golfers who, Posted, You know, I watched a lot of uh, female Korean golfers because I just found that their swings are always so beautiful and their tempo is always really good. I haven't been able to attain that tempo yet, but I, I just found so much value in watching regular people golfing because that's something that I know is attainable. Someone like Nellie Corner, Tiger Woods, you know, Tony Finau, all that stuff like they have put in decades. Mm -hmm. To have that swing, and I think a lot of people who watch a lot of professional golf lose reality that that's not something that you could just duplicate by watching. That is lots and lots of work into a craft. Like if you watch a painter, they have put decades. I can't just look at a at a Van Gogh painting and be like, "Oh, I need to do that stroke like right now." I have to put in the time, and that's what I'm doing. And I, I'm in this late. I didn't learn it from a child. So I have to do what my body's capable of doing. And I think that's kind of like what people recognize, you know what I mean? Is that, okay, so she's doing this on her terms and she's figuring it out on her own. I could go out there and do that as well.
1: Right. Now I I still think there's, there's value in, and I still think like there's value in watching these tournaments in person and watching like even like the Netflix show mm-hmm. and and aligning with like like aspiring to be Nelly Korda and aspiring yes. to be the Tony Finells and like hearing their stories you know like mm-hmm. i remember watching that Tony Finell episode on um the full swing like mm-hmm. i cried the entire episode it was yeah. like it it was so touching yeah. um but there's a difference between like being inspired by the player and then yes. like going out and watching their swing and and their like skills and thinking oh I can do that you yeah. know like there's i think there's a difference in and being able to separate those two i think it's yes. the bigger deal here right like i respect those players and mm-hmm. i see things in their swing that
2: i i'm like okay if i can get to that but my path to that is not you know their path and I might not be capable of doing it but um the value in seeing is that they struggle too Mm -hmm. like when when i watch these professionals and i see the mishits or i i see you know the the struggle and the pain and all the time that goes into this and the time away from family it it is inspiring and it's also just a respect of Mm -hmm. how much sacrifice that you know unlike a lot of sports golfers put in so much money to get just to be in a position to compete. Mm -hmm. So that sacrifice that their families make and um, it's I have a lot of respect for that because you can easily give up and be like, I'm going to go work a nine to five. I'm not taking this shit anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going I can't do it. And um, I think that's, you know, grit. Like that seems to be like what a lot of golfers have is just this grit and sticking to it and believing in themselves, knowing that they are going to be able to be champions.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think speaking of families um, and relating this back to the Netflix show, um, we were watching um, at the players this weekend, and um, it was really cool to see the like – Obviously the big crowds were watching, you know, like the Rory and Rom and, you know, Scotty and some of them, but it was really cool to see how big the crowds got around like, um, but like Tagala who would not have really had a big crowd other than like the Netflix show. Um, and we were on, I think it was the second hole at one point and, um, the big groups had already left and like, a kind of larger crowd had dispersed. But it was actually still a pretty big crowd that stayed at that hole and watched him come through. And we turned around at one point and he he had just made a birdie on the hole. Everybody was cheering and like yelling for him. And he had this big smile on his face. And we turn around and look and his parents were right there too. Yeah. And everyone had like run to his parents to start high-fiving his parents. Yeah. And it was really cool to see yeah. how the Netflix trickle down had even gone to his parents right. because even his parents got a little bit of that Netflix fame and you know right. people were reaching out to them and, you know, high-fiving them and sending them well wishes. And yeah. that was kind of cool too. And, you know, especially just like you said, knowing the sacrifices that they have put in for him to be out there, for him to be playing mm-hmm. and then for them to kind of get that, um, a little bit of a reward there, you know, yeah. and, you know, I know he didn't have as great of a finish today. Um, he had several, uh, not so great shots, but, um, yeah. but still he had, he he made the cut. He was out there. He, you know, he still had a, a little bit of a reward and for them to get that kind of feeling those high fives from fans as a reward for that sacrifice, like you mentioned that they have put in, um, yeah. feels pretty good, I think for them. And as a, as a parent myself, kind of relating this back to what we were talking about earlier, I don't know. It made me feel like, okay, this is, this is worth putting in some, some work, knowing that like, if my, if my kid ever gets to this spot, like this is kind of what I have to look forward to. Right. Um, but then again, that's a, that's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of stuff that has to fall in line for your kids to right. you get to that spot. So yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I, I went to an event and I actually saw Tony Finau there. It was like a, a PGA 2K Uh, Mm -hmm. event and I saw him and his wife there and like just the so family oriented um, from what I've seen from him like you know um, just it was really it just was really great to see him like with his family and um, it just goes back to kind of like that sacrifice but like having your family there when you're when you're succeeding, I think that makes it even more like sweet to have these people who have struggled with you come along with you and uh, just have, you know, the recognition like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I, it was, he seems like an amazing family guy and I'm not the type of person who would ever go up and bother someone. And like, you know, I just, I just watch from a distance and you know when you watch someone you can you can observe and you can just really tell that his family is super important to him
1: yeah now speaking of family um, do you- does your family come with you when you do these competitions? Are they there? Do they make them posters and things like the females are doing? <laughs> no. Um, usually – so we
2: – my mom lives in the back house of the house that we, in, we, we own. And so mm-hmm. my kids usually stay with her. My husband has come come with me to events. It's great having him like as a support and just, you know, like a, like a comfort blanket. Yeah. But um, lately – it's it's um, I've been going with my friend Caitlin because okay. my husband so I when it comes to socializing and networking my husband's like a six foot six guy. And sometimes (laughs) it's like, I'll just fall behind. And then I don't do the networking and socializing that I need to do. So with my friend Caitlin there, it's kind of like, okay, now I can kind of come out of myself Mm -hmm. and have to be forced to, you know, engage with people where I wouldn't, you know, if, if sometimes my husband's there, I just kind of more quiet. And I just kind of let him, you know, he's yeah. got a big personality. So I kind of just let him lead the way. And I know that I have to, you know, put myself out there in order for people to
1: know who I am. Right. Well, yeah. And like you mentioned earlier on, you're, you two are very competitive together. Yeah. Too, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to, um, before we, we wrap up, um, you know, we always, we always like to wrap up with like a fun, um, kind of, uh, discussion question. Um, so, uh, I wanted to, to see if your thoughts on this, um, if, if golfers had walkout songs, um, kind of like baseball players do for like their opening shot of each round, what, what would your four songs be? Um, okay. we're we're making the cut. So this would be Thursday through Sunday. (laughs) Okay, perfect. That's okay. So
2: my first song would be America Has a Problem by Beyonce. I don't know why it's titled that way. But uh, it's super fun. And I actually used it in like one of my last videos. And I just love I just love the feel of the song and it's super fun and it always makes me like feel good. So I'm a Beyonce fan. So she's actually <laughs> on this list twice. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that would be my first song. Um, okay. My second song would be Chambia by uh, Bad Bunny. I uh, oh. I don't speak Spanish, so I have no clue what he's talking about. (laughs) But again, it's the feel and the energy of the song that I, I, right. I just operate off of energy and that song, like I've liked for a very long time and it just gets me going, gets me hyped up. And then another song, and it's another Spanish song and it's Apale by Rosalia. And um, again, I don't speak Spanish, which is very unfortunate (laughs) seeing that I'm here in Puerto Rico and people keep coming up to me and speaking to me in Spanish. And (laughs) I feel so ignorant not being able to communicate with them. But um, I love Rosalia and all Mm. of her songs are great to me. And that's a good one that is just these hip hop beats that kind of just, you know, just get me going. Right, right. Yeah. The last one is All Up In Your Mind by Beyonce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, like, I want to be in people's minds. Like when they think of golf, yeah. I want them, you know, to be able to think of me. And, uh, uh, you know, I just, it's a It's a good song that kind of is ego, you know, feeds to my ego and lets me know like you you should be here. You're here for a reason. So you know. Yes,
1: I love that. You should be here. Yes. I love that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, um, thank you again so, so Mm -hmm. much for being here. And um I I cannot wait for more people to discover you. And speaking of that, where can people find you? Um, and where are, um, are you competing next again? Yeah, I have a couple tournaments.
2: Like I hate to say things like ahead of time, just because (laughs) the way that this whole golf world works, I've had things be like, Oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Then it doesn't happen. But I do have a few tournaments that I'm doing, uh, in April. Um, I will be posting once I'm there, but, um, I just hate, I I hate to like have to go back on things that I say. Right. Well, Uh, where can people
1: find you on social media so they can find out about the. I'm really just on Instagram.
2: I'm afraid of TikTok. I think that is the (laughs) meanest place. And I was on there and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not taking this abuse. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it's just really, I'm just golfing at, uh, um, at I'm just golfing on Instagram. And that's, that's where I am. And that's where I'm comfortable. And that's where you can find me.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Well, um, we will definitely be sending people your way and, yeah. um, we look forward to seeing you out there and, um, we thank all of you for listening and, um, we will be back again next week with another awesome and powerful female guest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like I said before, um, please go and vote for us in the best golf podcast category for the sports podcast awards. We will definitely be doing that. Oh well thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um and um yeah like I said we'll be back again next week for more female guests for Women's History Month. Um like always if you have any comments, questions or concerns, uh send them to Adam at golfunfiltered.com and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social at Golf Unfiltered. Um, and we will see you again next week. Thanks Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye.